0: Welcome to Daring, Daring Two, 2, a podcast that finds out how CEOs and entrepreneurs navigate today's business world, the conventions they're breaking, the challenges they've faced, and the decisions that they've made. And lastly, just what makes them different. Well, joining me today, what can I say? This is like someone, this is like, you know, being with my soulmate today, right? <laughs> because we are both passionate about some something that's really important, which is leadership. So I'm joined today by Beth Arm Connect, Miller, who is the CEO of Veloc- Executive Vel- Velocity. I love the name, by the way, Executive <laughs> Velocity. It almost sort of like says it all, really, right? It's well, a- it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, you know, you ever had an interesting career? So here you are sort of in this sort of leadership consulting making companies better, but that's not how you started your career. And <laughs> I started my career in HR, right? and um, your career started in the profession. There's often like jokes that go on about like, <laughs> HR and the profession that you started in. So tell me about, yeah. So yeah, how yeah. Did, tell me a little bit about that. How did you make that transition? Not many well, people moved from finance to a, a sort of a yeah. leadership.
1: It was, um, there were a number of steps, and um, at the time when I was working in finance, um, working for DEC, which uh, was Digital Equipment Corporation. A lot of people listening probably have never heard of it before, <laughs> but um, the the remains of it is is Hewlett Packard. Uh, and I was I was in finance for seven years. About three years into it, I was like, you know, I'm good at this, but I'm not passionate about it. This is this is not where I should be. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate. Um, they were. Um, Hiring people internally to develop them into salespeople, and the deal was: we'll train you, Beth, but you have to move. We, we're not going to keep you up in New England. I was like, "That's fine. I'm I'm done with the winners." So, so that's how I got to Atlanta. Okay, and um, it was it was a great experience, um, great training. And when I when I got down here, one of the lessons I learned was that um, you leave managers, not mm-hmm. companies. And I had just the worst manager down here. Um, if he's listening, he better take some advice. I have, we're no I, I have no idea where he is. <laughs> we won't mention his name, but we no, hope he's listening because no. he might hear
0: some
1: <laughs> yeah. words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I made a decision to leave. Uh, digital had been wonderful to me, but I, I made the decision to leave. And um, that's when I left. I met my husband. He um, had started an accounting temporary services firm, and so um, I had left and went to Coopers and Lybrand again, another company that doesn't exist anymore. I remember them though. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now Price Waterhouse yeah. Coopers. I was in sales in their technology practice and um, was there for, for several years, but my husband convinced me to. To move, leave, and become an entrepreneur, which was that's really not my
0: comfort zone. He is much more of an entrepreneur than okay, me. I think you're being far too modest because the company grew to be one of the, like you know the fastest growing companies. It, yes,
1: yes. Um, one, another thing that I learned about leadership doing that was my husband had certain skill sets and I had uh, certain skill sets. They um, they align. They didn't align they were compatible and he was able to fill certain things that I didn't have yep. and vice versa. So it really made a great partnership. Um, believe me, there were times but <laughs> it was real difficult. I was going yeah. to say
0: it's like a marriage made in heaven, <laughs> right? But
1: like, you know. Oh, there were there were times. <laughs> believe me, there were times. We always tried to make sure that if we were disagreeing, it was over dinner uh-huh. and, and not in the, the workplace. Um and fast forward um we we made in 500 a lot of um fast growing um local awards as well and then we sold back in uh 2002 it was not the best time to sell um but it was the right time um my my dad had passed away mm-hmm. i was um spending time going back and forth to to help my mother up in the northeast and and so i just didn't have the energy so We took some time off. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in my 40s at the time, and I I got bored really quickly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was only so much volunteer work I could do. And so I I had gone through Leadership Atlanta, had met a lot of wonderful people there, and uh, one of them um, was Dave Peterson, who had started North Highland Consulting here. Um, Wonderful guy, and he... He was the one that led me to Vistage. Um, he had been a member for for many years, and he basically said, "Beth, Vistage, my Vistage group helped me through a lot of difficult times, and um, got to got to the point where I could step away uh-huh. and um, you know be on the board." And he said, "I think you'd make a great
0: Vistage chair." So
1: yeah, that was back in a...
0: 605 oh and, and if people don't know about um Vistage it's actually a renowned sort of global group that offers like a, a huge amount of value to businesses of like small to medium sizes yeah. that, that people can be part of and obviously you you know we are involved in it and have been involved mm-hmm. in it and um, tell us a little bit about that because often like we don't think we you know we focus a lot on leadership and like what corporate companies need but yeah. actually as a small to medium sized business it's so critical, isn't it?
1: Yes, and be, and and because I had been a business owner, I I knew what I had kind of missed, and and that was um, somebody from the outside or people from the outside that could advise you um, in a safe environment, and that's what Vistage does. It it brings business owners, uh, presidents together on a monthly basis. It's like an advisory board or. Um, a brain trust and it allows you in a safe place to bring really significant issues and get advice from your peers. So there's no competitors. Um, it was there was education involved as well. There were a lot of speakers that would come in and speak on various topics that were uh, were critical to small to mid-sized companies. Um, and then there was coaching. So each month, I would meet individually with um, one of the, the business owners in the group and um, and coach both on leadership and, and business.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, look, you strike me as somebody that's quite humble, right? So our listeners don't know, like, you are not only an acclaimed author of a book called Talent Obsessed, you have been named a diva. I love that. I just want to be like gosh, a diva I in a good way, guys. I forgot about that. <laughs> a diva in a good way, uh, sort of like, you know, Forty under forty in Atlanta. Oh, you've done your research. Oh, yeah. You know, like so. I'm sort of like in awe because because you know you 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 come you come across and clearly you are um, sort of a a humble leader in terms of like what you have achieved over the years. But also, I'm sure that must give you so much credibility with the leadership that you go in and work work with. And today, like you know, we are both passionate about a topic that is close to our hearts, right, which is the next generation of leaders. Every leader, you know, legacy maybe, we would like to believe, right, Right. that it's developing great leadership talent. The reality is we both know that, you know, sadly, that's not always the case. It's still the case that we can pick up a consulting report, a global report, and say, like, what is it that keeps CEOs up at night, whether they're, like, corporate companies or small companies, and they will say... Well, let me guess I, I think like you know or probably i would say the last at least 20 years <laughs> that i can think of maybe longer than that but one of their top three issues is their concern about talent yes. and about leadership talent mm-hmm. so tell you know i tear my hair out that's why <laughs> it goes gray a lot and i have conversations around that <laughs> in, a, in sort of a strategic advisory capacity right. like you're going in and talking about that a lot how mm-hmm. do you get them to understand the importance of succession
1: yeah um Oftentimes, they they've lost somebody key. <laughs> there, there's pain involved, yeah. and so that's that's generally when they they're interested in, in succession planning. It's not when um, when things are going well. Unfortunately, um, the, there's a, um, a company that I worked with years ago who the CEO um, had um, gotten some some bad health. Mm-hmm. and And he realized he had a heart problem, and he realized you know he was not going to live another ten years. Mm-hmm. so he was somebody who was proactive in succession planning um so I you know he called me in to actually uh, consult- uh, consult and coach uh, coach his high potentials, one of them specifically, who we identified as um, the potential president to, mm-hmm. to take over. And during the the three years that I was working with them, um, the CEO went from, you know, 80 hours a week of work down to eight hours. And he basically got the company to a point where he didn't have to be there. And consequently, he was able to sell that company to ADP for cash. Cash. There was no earnout, which is that's unusual. Phenom- like. oh, right, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And you know, his his key employees um, did very well in in um, the sale as well.
0: Yeah. So it is about he, like really developing that capability because it's the people that have the value, right? Right, that creates the value of a of a corporation. And I think like it seems like they almost missed that. You know, I've read some of your stuff where you go like leaders that focus on. Um, sort of like the numbers kind of stuff right? and that's great but actually that's not what makes the business go around right so how have you helped them you know and you talk about it, like you got this guy interested in succession right I, I often go in and say like tear up the succession plan because you know what's going to happen you're going to look at it and like you know you put all these names to it and then you're going to have a problem and you're going to go outside and recruit so what was the point of spending all that time doing it so how do you help guide them through a process that they um, cause it, there must be a process that you use to help them do that, well, right? there,
1: there's, um, initially I'll go in and um, we'll assess their readiness for a succession plan. Interesting. Talk the, about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So, you know, there are there are some key components to, to a succession plan that a lot of small to mid-sized companies don't have. Um, a lot of large companies do, but it's, it's things like understanding your core competencies, um, understanding leadership competencies, and... Um, So that might be an entire project right there because they they don't have those. Um, And that can also help for for hiring purposes, not just for for succession planning, hiring and and performance. Um, They might not have identified key positions for today and key positions that they need in three years. And when they do that exercise, they'll often find out that there are positions that they need That they aren't on the org chart right now, right, right, and and then it's okay. We've got we've identified the key positions, and sometimes they're not at the C suite. They're somewhere down farther. It might there might be some subject matter expert, yeah, that holds the keys to the castle, and they have nobody that's prepared to take that that position. And there's a risk. I often talk about. Succession planning being risk management. It's a great way to describe it, yeah. It's, you know, it, you're, you are creating a, a plan for success in the future. And you never know when there might be somebody that, God forbid, dies, um, gets disabled, decides to go to a competitor. And you've, you've got to have that, that plan in place and have those people that, are, that you've identified that could potentially move into the position
0: ready. You don't, so then
1: there's all about development and training. Yeah.
0: And how hard is that though for a leader of a, of a small to medium sized company yeah. to go like, you know what, I'm going to like develop these people and they're actually going to be ready. I.e., like, right. they're going to do my job. Or, I don't know that I'm ready for that. Right. How do you well, get comfortable with that?
1: Well, then, then that's, that's a discussion um, with the CEO about okay, where is your identity? Is your identity mm-hmm. in the organization? What other things do you, are you involved with? For instance, this gentleman who, who had a heart problem. Now, um, I don't run into to that situation a lot, fortunately. But in his situation, his, his identity for years had been that company. Well, what was he ignoring? It was his family, mm-hmm. right? So he started shifting. He started more travel with his wife, um, more family get-togethers. So he he shifted his identity. Um, too too often, um, at nine times out of ten, that's that's the discussion. The the business owner is fearful because because the company is his ident- his or her identity.
0: Yeah, that's okay. a really interesting point, and you know we been through several weeks you know a couple of months now of of sort of lockdown and that has had a massive effect both on like large companies but even more so on those small to medium-sized companies and that you know I can't help feeling that there's gonna have to be and you know you read about it all the time that we're seeing shift in what's important from leaders today and what they need to be focusing on um, which is yes get your business up and running but you know you just talked about somebody that spent more time with family well some people are realizing that they've been missing out right. um just by being at home yep. um there's leaders right now that are trying to think about how do i you know restart yes. the new normal whatever mm-hmm. um how did like what do you think their focus should be as leaders in trying to restart or reconnect yeah. their businesses well i think um through this this
1: challenging time i've noticed that that leaders, the good leaders, are I've really focused on employee well-being. <laughs> and um, that's not to say they're they're not focused on results, but pre-COVID, they were focused on results first and then relationships. And I think that's that's flipped. Now, as we move into that recovery phase, uh, and and companies are already starting to to go back to, to work in, in a phased approach. Um, Client I was just talking to in Florida yesterday was talking about this, and um, it, you gotta you gotta make sure that people feel safe. Yeah, right. Um, if if they don't feel safe and they're anxious, they're not gonna perform. So why even ask them to come back yeah. if they feel that way? Uh, I was just writing a blog um, the other day about the fact that today. Is even more important for leaders to use their emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and to to really understand what individuals are going through, um, and then be really clear of here. Here are our plans. Here are our backup plans if something yeah. should happen. Right, um, this this company in Florida um, happens to be in in a county that um, they have they've just peaked. Right, right, and and they've got a lot of, of individuals who are stay-at-home moms, um, people that are taking care of the elderly. So they've they've phased it where, okay, if you if you don't have any kids, you know, you're yeah. you're single, um, young. Well, you're the first first phase that we'd like to come. But that's not to say that that's a blanket. Yeah, right. It's Okay, be aware when you're having conversation and of course it's gonna be video. it's gonna be good old zoom yeah. where everybody everybody is tired of hearing zoom uh, but anyways, be really conscious of um, the tone of their voice, body language
0: um, and um, their, they yes, connecting I, to them, co- right, right? Like, exactly. like making that connection is quite hard virtually in some ways, right? It's like we've yeah. kind of done it in the past a bit, but right. not like not with a a real focus on right. actually. This is our only way, right, of communicating. Exactly. Normally, it's been well. I'm going to have this virtual teleconference, but I know I'm going to see this person in two days, so right. I can follow up with them in person. That's right. a whole capability set, yes. That maybe leaders haven't really honed, right? So exactly. What kind of advice or tips do you have to them to kind of hone that capability? Yeah, yeah. I think you know.
1: There's um, first of all, get get real with um, your your self awareness. I love that. Get real with. The, I like. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, how are you showing up to the people that you're leading? And you know, if you're fearful, they're gonna. They're going to know that, yeah, right. So you've got to have that courage to to be out in front of it. Um, and then, you know, there are people that around you that you trust and respect. Ask for their feedback. What what can I be doing differently? Yeah, and make sure that when you ask and you
0: listen to their feedback, that you do something with it. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that's really great advice, I think, because it's very actionable yeah. for leaders to be able to to put in practice. And and often I think they think that it's got to be like some you know massive thing that right. is like, oh my God, how am I going to be able to like do that? That's like so out of my comfort zone. But actually yeah. what you're saying is like just be in touch with yourself in right. some ways. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So how do you help companies also? You know, you've talked about it. Some people are going to be nervous. Some people are going to be like, you know what, I'm ready to go back. That's all good. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're going to have this melting pot. I feel of all these different like feelings and emotions. That's right. And so this whole thing about like diversity for me takes yeah. on a completely different yes. meaning, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Like, how can companies yeah. sort of address that in the longer term? Because it, I think it's bringing to the fore, um, in a good way maybe, yeah. how to think about diversity, yeah, and um, right, and strength of that.
1: Yeah, I you know, I I'm hopeful that you know. We, we come out of this as leaders focused on a, a different set of priorities. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk over the last 10, 15 years about culture and values mm-hmm. and, and purpose. And I, I think that... A lot of talk,
0: right? Right. You and I both know it's a it's, lot of talk, right? Exactly. We want it to be different, but it's a bit of talk. It right. is.
1: It is. And there I think there are some companies that, that do that very well, but yeah. uh, but not a lot. And I think the the leaders that have gone through this um, and they've learned a lot and they've learned a lot about their teams. They've learned a lot about themselves. And I would be hopeful that on the other side of this, that um, they continue to focus on the people first
0: and and then through that, they're going to get the results. Yeah. And in terms of like developing the next generation of leaders, like oh, yeah. think like that, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you know through every crisis or every sort of um, I guess misfortune comes opportunity, right? yep. and I think um, actually COVID nineteen is is surfacing a massive amount of opportunity for businesses to actually step back, yeah, rethink, mm-hmm. and and reshape, right, in a way right. that they've not been had that kind of burning platform. To right. do so that that must help when you think about developing the next generation of leaders how do you yeah. get companies to 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 buy into that and not you know get sucked into we're a month back in and the numbers right. are not looking right. good and i just need to focus on that because that's the most important yeah thing.
1: yeah um clearly it's more it's more difficult with the smaller mid-sized companies because they they don't have the resources that a coca-cola has or ups yeah um so Really it's about okay, what are the what are the demands of those individuals coming back? Because I think that a lot of them are gonna be looking at, at work differently mm-hmm. and and looking at the company differently. So I would be working with those those C suite to, to determine, okay kind of looking out in the future again okay we've gone we've gone through all of this what what have you really learned and what are you going to put into practice that makes sense for your
0: organization and what do you need to stop doing yeah it's interesting right i wonder how how many companies are thinking right now about all the things that they have like constantly done that actually right. they haven't missed right? right the reports that they've had written or right. the meetings that they've had that actually uh, right, and we haven't really missed it that right. much right exactly sort of really even thing.
1: even for for people going to back to work you know they were they were managing it through this eight weeks or whatever and do you really need to have these people coming back to work now some of them want to go back to work because their kids are still at home yep. right <laughs> and and then um but there are others that you know have that fear so you've got it you've got to do that that delicate balance yeah um, to make sure that um you've the people that are there at work really need to be there and want to be
0: there yeah, yeah. so i read in the newspaper yesterday um coming from the uk that uh, one of the most prestigious universities equivalent to like where you did your kind of leadership right. at Harvard um, in the UK that's kind of Cambridge University yeah. announced that for their next year they are going to run all their classes virtually. Yeah, and I virtually.
1: Heard, And I heard that here in the states they're um, they're talking about bringing the the kids back to university in the fall through Thanksgiving. And then once Thanksgiving hits, they're going to go online,
0: so, which is very interesting. Right.
1: right? So it's how a whole new dynamic. That? Yeah, so how, right. like,
0: what does that mean for
1: leaders? Right. So, you know, you've, you've got to rethink how you operate. Now, there, there are some companies, professional white-collar companies, it, this has been a, a series of, of changes constantly yeah. as you got information. Um, and they've been able to run. And now some of them had to to like healthcare, for instance. Yeah. There've been a lot of layoffs there, uh, and retail can't do it, yeah. right? But as it relates to those those kind of blue co- uh, white collar jobs, there's there are a lot of ways that you can, can be operating differently
0: moving forward.
1: Yeah. There's you've got technology. It's not like this happened. 20, can you imagine if this happened 20 I years ago? I
0: cannot imagine like how we would have coped with like lack yeah. of information yeah. and just sort of, you know, it would have been, I just, I'm obviously we would have found a way to cope, right? right? Because right. like human beings are, you know, like they are kind of entrepreneurial. They find ways to cope. Right. Like whether we believe it or not, we have like an inner, I In a sense that like of survival and like ability to deal with um, uncertainty in ways. Some people deal with it better than others, but we have an instinct that will help us get through it. But like you, I cannot imagine without the use of technology, if anything, it's probably speeded up the use of technology. Right. Yes, Um, I think so. Yeah. But I can't help but imagine that lots of leaders are really scared right now because oh, yeah. this is a whole new, this is like a new paradigm. Yes. And turning like it's almost like turning that page on that new paradigm is you're not quite sure if you're going to like what you see. Right. Um because you've got this comfort zone. So you must have had to deal with that in the past. Yeah. You know, in different sort of scenarios of getting leaders to get comfortable of like not being in their comfort zone.
1: Yeah, it's kind of stretching them yeah. and um and being comfortable with failure, you know, failure, failure, failure is actually a friend because you learn from it. I mean, if everything was perfect, boring, 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 wouldn't boring it? very boring. So one of the things that I've been doing personally uh-huh. is, um, you know, everybody's making bread.
0: Oh god, yeah, right. uh, you know, right. I have friends that's like sending me pictures of them yes. making bread. I'm like, right. okay, guys, what's what is this all about? Okay, well, I was one of them.
1: Okay, and, I'm, and I, I don't know. I'm like curious. Well, and I, I had heard that you know, yeast you couldn't find yeast, so I thought, yeah. well, I'm going to do sourdough, but yep. you ha- but you have to get a st- sourdough starter. So I went out on Google, found found this recipe, and they said five days you're going to have starter. It didn't happen in five days, and so I kept feeding it. And I finally, I finally grew impatient. I'm like, I'm just going to make this bread. Well, it turned into a block. It was the worst. You can use it for other things, right? Yeah, yeah, bird food <laughs> yeah. or something. So, so I continued to feed it, and yeah, three or four days later, I thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this again. Well, it was a little better, but it was by no means what it looked like in the pictures. So, you know, I realized that I was impatient and I needed to slow down. So I named, I named my starter Dudley Do-Right. Dudley Do-Right. So, I'm gonna, text so, that's my friend. So, so he, he's, he was Dudley for a long time. Right. I slowed down and he finally became Do-Right. Do-Right. I like <laughs> it. I got it. <laughs> so, so, um, just the other day, you have to do this float test to to make sure that that um, the starter floats, and that that means it's active and ready to to mix and stuff like that. So I I did the whole process. You have to let it sit overnight. It's a, it's a long process. Well, I opened the oven and I I yelled. I was so excited. It really looked like bread, and it tasted good. And and that was all about failure, mm-hmm. two times. I didn't give up, and I kept working at it, and I felt so proud. And you can just see it in your I face, know, right? Like so, it's like it's like I was so wow. excited. I was running. I brought it down to my mother. My mother took a picture of it
0: because <laughs> they had been living through this whole yeah, thing too. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean that's a, a really good way to describe it. You know, that like failure is a friend, and it's yeah. about like understanding your own sort of. I, I guess your preferences or your limitations in the sense, like, look, you went, like, I'm really just impatient. Like, I'm right. not used to having to, like, exactly. wait for something and not see it, yeah. like, work. It's like, right. come on, I, like, follow the instructions. Like, what exactly. else is there to do, right? right. But And so <laughs> it is a skill that we struggle with in society. It, it's like the, the being able to accept failure as a mm-hmm. friend yeah. is something that we find hard to do. Yes, especially leaders,
1: because they're they're out in front and and their mindset is they should have all the answers, yeah, but they don't that's why they have a team around them, yeah right um, I one of the things that I work on often with with leaders is especially new leaders is they're always trying to solve the problem mm-hmm. versus coaching somebody through the problem so that they're that person is actually solving the problem themselves. So they're basically enabling people to keep coming to them with yep. problems.
0: Um, I, I liken it to you know teach them to fish. Don't keep throwing them the fish. Yeah, I know. that. I have to practice that so much because I like I want to help. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to solve that. Right. And it takes a lot of like actually like self, self reflection. Like, but you also step have to s- back from it. But right? you also
1: have to slow down because
0: yeah. it's really easy
1: if you've got the solution to. Throwing yeah. that fish, you you have to slow down and ask the questions. Um, get that person to self reflect and come to their own solution because they'll own that solution.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, like new leaders, I think that that is such valuable advice because there is sort of like a, I'm a new leader. Look at me. Like, yeah. like you know, everyone's eyes are on them. Right. They want to be able to perform. But there's a lot that's going on right now, and people are talking about it more and more, which heartens me about leaders being humble about humility being Mm. really really important Mm. that actually vulnerability
1: is
0: a strength right yes it's not what we have been brought up with like you know I can remember years ago working in a big corporate world where it was you know how many times you slapped your hands down on the table and swore was (laughs) um like you know showed like how great a leader you were right you know and I'm like I was a young you know, a young individual contributor leader at the time as well. Mm-hmm. Thinking like if, in HR, going like, "This is what we're talking about. Leaders should look like." Right. That's not necessarily um, a great sort of role model. Now we are hearing much more about the need um, for leaders to do that to, to show to show vulnerability. Yeah, especially now.
1: Yeah, right? that you know, because everybody, leaders, and and their employees are all dealing with this. And so,
0: you know, nobody has the right solution. Yeah, that's true, actually. Nobody does, right? So maybe yeah. that's what's helping to encourage that humility, that there yeah. isn't like a single, no. you know, silver bullet or a single answer to, to know where to go forward. Yeah, but um, and I this. hear a
1: lot um, from from leaders that, you know, we're trying to be transparent. Mm-hmm. Try, you know, we're trying to... Um, communicate uh, on, a, on a very regular basis. They do you know, a lot of town halls mm-hmm. um, where the CEO is out front um, versus having the managers yep. deliver. Uh, and that, that makes employees feel a lot more comfortable and safe, mm-hmm. that, that they're hearing it directly yeah. from, from the person that either owns the company or
0: is leading that company. Now you're, you're a certified coach, right? Yep, so you yep. spend a lot of time sort of coaching leaders mm-hmm. and high potentials as to, you know, helping them sort of grow and develop. Yeah. Over the years, if you, as you have coached people, what do you think are like the biggest areas where you see like these are absolutely core skills that mm. leaders really, you know, that I really focus on coaching leaders yeah. and what are the ones that you go know, like, these are just like, you can spot these like capabilities a mile off and say, right. that's, You know, you're just not going to make it as a leader because one of the other things I think the companies struggle with is making that choice about a a leader and whether they should be a leader in the Mm -hmm. first place or if they are a leader, making that call to say, actually, you know what, maybe there's a different role somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I actually just had this conversation recently on a a podcast and, um, you know,
0: oftentimes
1: companies will have a subject matter expert Mm -hmm. who's really great at what they're doing. And um, they make the decision that we're going to put them into a leadership position. There is a big difference between performance and potential. Um, Most high performers don't have the potential Mm -hmm. to go into a leadership position. One of the things I encourage um, leaders to do is have a conversation with subject matter experts about what do they believe leadership is? If they hear them talk about management and not leadership, there's a problem. It's leaders are really great leaders, develop future leaders, They're, they are there to make their team shine. And it's not a it's not yeah it's about results, yeah, but it's through the individuals
0: okay. and if and you've have you sort of like from your own experience, mm-hmm. right, you grew a business, you were you know grew it to be a, an amazing business that was then sold like, mm-hmm. in value I mean is that something you put, like what are some of your personal sort of memories and stories around that because yeah. because you have such a good grasp of what's important in leadership that how much of that has come from your own sort of experiences in growing mm. and 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 going through some of those I, situations. you know i have
1: to say that um i wish i had a, a lot of the wisdom uh-huh. that i have today <laughs> that i did 20 years yeah. ago um i made a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes yeah. um but they're they're valuable now right right um i i think about some of the leaders that, that I've worked with um, in the past couple of years. And what brings me joy is to see them grow. Um, one, one comes to mind, um, she, she was, um, I'm, I still work with her. Uh-huh. Um, she was two or three levels down in the organization from the CEO. And um, she had kind of hit her peak and it was because of her emotional intelligence. She she had real trouble self managing her emotions. Uh-huh. Um, she could get angry pretty quickly, um, especially with other departments. Right. Um. So the CEO called me in. Um, I did an assessment, and I was pleased to see that she was highly goal oriented uh-huh. and uh, very competitive. So I thought, well, you know, she's she's got the profile where because she's so goal oriented and she, and she, she knew she was self-aware enough to know that this was holding her back. Um, that I agreed to work with her and it was amazing. She now is two levels above. She reports directly with the CEO and she's like my, of course my, my biggest fan and she's always calling me in to, to, um, to coach other Uh high potentials, but it's, it's about being self aware and that, that whole emotional intelligence um, that is, is critical to leadership. That's one of the things that I find. There, there's communication. Yeah. And being able to commun- communicate the vision and connecting the employee to that vision. Right. How do, how do they fit? What is, you know, what's the customer service rep? How do they impact the long term vision?
0: How important is that? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's become, uh, people have been able to connect more to a company's vision during this COVID crisis because um, the focus on communities and customers and that, do you think yeah. that people are sort of connecting much more to their organizations if they are putting that time and attention into the,
1: yeah, that I, area? Yeah, I believe so. And, and um, I was actually on a webinar a couple of weeks ago uh, with DDI uh-huh. and um, they had been doing some, some research on employee engagement And it has actually gone up.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that. And,
1: yeah, and it was, initially it was kind of counterintuitive. I was like, really? Uh, But then when you started hearing about the time that, you know, CEOs and leaders were putting into the
0: relationships with their employees, it made sense. Yeah. Those will be the winning companies that come yep. out of this, you know, small, medium, large or the ones exactly. that have actually put that investment in. Yeah. So let's talk a bit, like you talk, you gave a great story about like helping a, a female leader sort yep. of rise up the, the ranks. Obviously we are two women yeah. um, who run our own businesses who are for that. <laughs> uh, and all the other women that do that. But you know, it's still a struggle for organizations today to yep. have like sufficient representation of women leaders That's right. at various levels. I don't care the size of the company. It's a problem wherever we look at it. Yep. And yes, there's loads of efforts being put into that. How do we solve it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I knew how to solve
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd all be we, like. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, okay. So it's, like, let's- it's you know, it's, it's obviously a gradual thing. Um, I, I think that, you know, we've got a generation coming up who um, are demanding it more. Yeah. Right. Um, they they have a different perspective than our generation. Um, and, and so I, I, I think we're getting there. Um, you know, you've you got a you've got a whole baby boomer group that's about ready to retire. Yeah. Right. So you've got leaders coming in who um, are Xers or millennials that will, will bring that to the table. So, you know, it's, you can't force it. You can't mandate it. Yeah, no. Unfortunately. Yeah,
0: and that wouldn't work. No, no. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly, I guess, people like the individual that you've coached are sort of spokespeople and um, sponsors and ambassadors for what is actually right. achievable that we don't often think. Sometimes there's women in organizations about our own capabilities and yeah. and what we actually bring to the table and, and can um, And I think it deliver. also
1: depends on, on you know, the leaders in the organization today. Like, for, for instance, the gentleman that um, is the CEO to, to um, this woman, um, he, he was always trying to promote diversity. Yeah. Um it, it, was, it was a cornerstone yeah. of his. I think part of it was
0: um, he had girls, yeah. daughters, yeah. right? It does make a difference when, do- you, like, when you say that to the leaders, doesn't it? When you say to them, like, um, it's your daughter right. or your granddaughter yeah. or your friend's daughter that are, yeah. those are the people that are going to be around. What do you want them to
1: do? Yeah, and I, and I look have. at that, I look back on um, the, the leaders that I had that
0: um, I admired, and many of them had daughters. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting insight yeah. to that, that, ma- that makes a difference because yeah. they can connect to that. Right. So tell us, like, tell us what's like been, I mean, clearly it's passion that's taken you um, to set up the organization and to move that forward. As you think about leaders that want to set up their own businesses or to think about, can I actually do this? Um, yeah. How do you help? What would you say to them? What's your advice to them around? Wow, here some of the things to think about whether you've got what it takes. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's there. There are a lot of skill sets that you need. Um, if if you're going out on your own, there's you know, what's your network like? Yeah, you know, um, how's your sales skills? Uh, what's your your fear level? Your anxiety? What's your risk factor? You know, there's there are individuals that, that I've met that. Um, think about it, but never quite do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the the personal situation. If you've got you know three kids at home, are you willing to step away and and try this on your own uh, when you're have you have mouths to feed? Yeah. Right. Um, we never had kids. Yeah. So it was a much easier decision to go out on
0: our own. Yeah. Um, Versus some other situations. Yeah. Okay. So, I get and So, kind of like make that balanced choice of yeah. uh, make sure you do the kind of pros and cons of right. what you're doing and make sure you've got kind of what you're. T- have said that companies need to do today is make sure you've got those backup plans in place right. that help support you exactly as you, as you go forward, right? And um, what's your hope for the small to medium sized companies coming out of COVID nineteen? Would you say and and how leaders are? We've talked about like what some of the things that we want leaders to be doing in terms of well being and that. But what's mm-hmm. your hope for things that will be different? What do you yeah. want organisations to look like? You today? know, my hope is
1: is that um, leaders remain open minded. To what has occurred, mm-hmm. the changes that have taken place, and, and self-reflect as to what are those things that, that we want to keep? What are the things that we, we stopped and we just need to keep <laughs> keep stopped? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that's Don't wor- start them again. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, right. Don't fall into bad habits, guys. Right. Yeah.
1: And um, what do we need to do more of? Yeah. Um, and and I'm I'm hoping that it's it's on that talent, people side, yeah, and and that will then drive the results.
0: Do you have a view on how much time leaders should be spending on talent and people in terms of their? Yeah, you know, there's lots of research or statistics that say yeah. like you know they spend sixty to seventy percent. Right. And I say, really, come on, yeah. like I, you know, you may think you do, but do you really? Yeah.
1: Especially, especially, um, small to mid-sized companies. You know, the smaller you get, the, the more that, that CEO is wearing a couple hats, right? They don't have an assistant. Um, you know, they're, they're taking care of their calendar and travel arrangements if they travel. Yeah. And so, so it really, it really depends. Um, I would like to say that if you're in that, um, kind of 50 employees to 500 employees which is where i generally work uh-huh. that you're spending at least 25 percent of your time yeah it sounds on, about good yeah. yeah 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 so that's like uh doing one-to-ones yeah on a consistent basis um mentoring all those things
0: yeah yeah i often have this view um i've Written about it a lot. I don't have a lot of opinions about lots of things, yeah. and one of them is about sort of startup organisations mm-hmm. and how typically, when a startup starts up, the first hire that they try to do is probably the finance right. um, role, and then or there's the legal role, and then it's sales, and yet they don't and they don't think about hiring like the talent leader or the that helps and right. um, assist that CEO who's yeah. spending so much time on it that actually what you need them to be doing is focusing on. Setting the culture, establishing the priorities—it's right. almost like it's an afterthought. And like I, I it like, is. I, it I, is. Why? You're right.
1: um, well, I think that they're so focused on on generating profits, yeah. right? And in, in order to, to get um, additional investments, etc., they they need to see results. Um, but w- one of the things that I also see when they when they're hiring those individuals is oftentimes they will hire their um, their mirror.
0: Oh, let's talk about that. I ah. love talking about that subject.
1: We sit <laughs> a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's you know, then you got, you know three or four people in, in, sitting around the table that are just like you.
0: It's like that song, isn't it? I want to walk like you, talk yeah. like you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, right?
1: And that's that's really not what you want because right. then you get group think, and um, and it's it's not as innovative, uh, of. Of a uh, or collaborative,
0: yeah. how you help from a selection standpoint them to like look at that perspective and yeah. making sure you know you are not hiring a mirror image of yourself yeah. and, and and really testing the boundaries. Yeah. yeah, it's a diverse perspective that's coming in,
1: right? Well, when when we're talking about small companies, um, I'll use an assessment called Business DNA, which actually is a local firm here. Uh-huh. Um, the research came out of Georgia Tech, and it it helps to identify uh, those natural talents, those things that you were formed between zero and three. Um, that doesn't mean that you show up like that all the time because mm. as you get experience, you realize you need to shift. Um, but, but what it does do is it shows, shows your go-to talent when you're under stress. Well, we've been under a lot of stress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, doing some work with a, a staffing firm here in town and, uh, we went in and, and assessed the team, uh-huh. and it was just like we talked about. There mm-hmm. was five out of the six all had a similar profile, and the sixth one, this poor woman, she felt like she was a duck out of water because yeah. she was really planned and scheduled and here were this bunch of spontaneous folks.
0: Yeah, it'd be drive and, her crazy. Oh, it did.
1: It did. <laughs> it did. But, but going through the assessment, she, it made her feel better. Yeah. Right? That, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but, but what it did do was it then opened up the conversation of, okay, you have some positions you're going to be hiring for. What do we need to be looking for? to make this team more diverse
0: so that so you don't have that group think and you're not driving this poor woman crazy yeah that's a great insight so like teams actually reflecting on what capabilities they have today and then saying well how can we like you know augment that in a way that makes us more rounded and grounded to be able to to grow right when you say great leaders grow great people um there was a quote that actually um that was in one of your blogs which um which obviously came from somewhere but it sort of I think personified for me um something that I think would resonate with leaders a lot Mm -hmm. I probably won't get it exactly right but it was about us all being pencils and and we are you know like a pencil we're guided by the hand Mm -hmm. um that you know that the hand that that the pencil holds the hand that holds the pencil and that every one of us always needs to sharpen that that's right pencil right so it's almost like you. Like sharpening your skills, right. constantly doing that. Yep. That's hard, isn't it? Like to constantly do that.
1: So um, that is one of the things that I encourage leaders to understand ab- about those individuals that they're hiring. Are they learners? Uh-huh. Because in today's world, if you're not hiring learners, you're going to grow past them. And you, especially in small companies, mm-hmm. you're going to go past them, and then you're going to have to make a decision. Is this person fit our organization now? I mean, we, we had that happen several times with our, our company mm-hmm. in the early days. And it was hard, I mean, because these individuals had joined us early on, but they weren't, weren't learners. They weren't adjusting to change. Yeah. And, um, and they, they no longer fit. It's really hard I, yeah. because we felt a, a sense of loyalty, yeah. but we weren't doing them a favor by having them stay.
0: And actually, one well, of my previous guests, the CEO of, uh, took you know tech companies, several tech companies, and you know spun them off. Said exactly the same thing, which and you know from his own experience about yeah. how hard it was to transition yeah. from the type, both for him personally, but then also for the team in terms of like. Knowing the skills that you need right. to do one thing may not be the skills you need in a different sort of, you know, time period exactly. in an organisation. And that's so hard to it almost forget people to think about. But I do think it's really worth reinforcing. And, you know, again, I encourage listeners to always go back and like listen to a couple of bits of the podcast. This is one of them that says, like, you know, go back and reflect and really think about the capabilities that your team has yeah. uh, and as you hire think about what you are doing around that yeah. and do listen to the story about like the bread because it failure is your friend <laughs> like i mean just get that across <laughs> right failure is a friend i think it'd be so important to to sort of resonate i asked everyone that comes on the podcast what their daring to moment is i mean i imagine that you mm. must have had loads right because like, like taking the businesses to success maybe it's to do with being a diva i don't know maybe it's about <laughs> 40 under 40 maybe it's yeah. where you are now um you know what is it? i
1: I'm one of those people that looks to the future I'm uh-huh. not uh, looking in the past, kind of gal i I've, uh-huh. I've got a brother who is <laughs> so it's a real challenge talking to him uh, but but
0: I think it's today, Yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. a great that's a great daring too yeah like yeah, yeah. fabulous, but if people want to know more about what mm-hmm. you do, how can they get in touch with you the the, the work that you do around mm-hmm. leadership development, yeah. to selection, and just making companies yeah. perform better? What's the best way for them to contact you? Well, I think the
1: two ways is uh, LinkedIn. So uh, Beth Armconnect Miller. It's A-R-M-K-N-E-C-H-T. There's only one of us. And then um, my website, executive-velocity.com. I have a lot
0: of free resources out there. Great resources, yeah. On
1: uh, hiring, uh, leadership, and succession
0: planning. That's great. And obviously you've got a book called I've Talent. got my book Are, talent are, are obsessed. You, ta- are you yeah. Talent Obsessed? Yeah. 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 I love which, the title. Which
1: is now in hard copy. Um for, for years I just had it as an e
0: book. So yeah. yeah. It's yeah. available on Amazon. And everybody should be talent obsessed. That's yes. what I believe. Yeah. yeah. Well I hope listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this show, then please leave your review and let us know. Um it's been great having you as a guest today. It's thank you so much. My kindred spirit has been with me today. Thank so thank you very well, much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure thanks for listening enjoyed the conversation make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes of daring 2 also check out our website dareworldwife.com for some great resources around business in general leadership and how to bring about change see you next time